0: In our industry, we gotta get be careful because it's go it's been going down this slippery slope of your scripts, your objection handlers, your NL net, neural and greasic programming, like your words you use to to get advantages on people like uh, and I just I've found going through all that stuff, there's just more power in a real conversation.
1: So the big question is this. How do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars.
2: Rockstar Nation, I hope you are ready to listen to the interview I just did with Jeff Latham. Jeff is a good friend of mine, comes from Pacific Northwest. He started as a real estate agent, but he is somebody that has turned his team into a one-stop shop. So now they're not just a, a real estate agency. Now they're a construction company. Now they're an investment company. They try to find problems out there in the market and see how they could solve them and how they could solve them For their customers. And so, you know, buyer repairs for the things. They started, you know, their own construction company. Now they can tell people, hey, do you want to sell your house? I'll buy your house or I'll list it for you or I'll fix it for you and flip it for you. So many different things. Uh, Awesome guy, awesome individual out there, and a great perspective on that you need to be who you are, that you don't need to, you know, wear a suit. You don't need to be somebody you're not. Be authentic and you're going to be successful just by being authentic. So, hope you guys love this. Be ready. Thanks. Rockstar Nation, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. Today I get to interview my good friend Jeff Latham. You know, Jeff and I, we did my very first Ironman, you know, I've ever done. I did with Jeff. He does all sorts of Crazy stuff. First met him at like an Ironman training camp that we held at our house. After that, we realized we had so much in common when it came with you know real estate and life skills and everything that we've been trying to build. You know, I'm super excited to talk to Jeff today because he's not just a real estate agent. You know, when you get to see what he's doing on social media, he is a one-stop shop. He says, "I'll help, I'll help you sell your house, or I'll buy your house, or I'll build you a house, or we'll flip it with you." Like he has so many different avenues that he does to bring people in, and even just from social media, I've seen people reach back out to him and. And say hey, will you buy my house? You know, so so he's actually getting so many leads and stuff doing that. So excited to hear all of the different stuff the, that he's going to be telling us. But the but Jeff, hey, how how are you and where are you at today? What are you doing? <laughs> how you doing, Aaron? I appreciate you, you having buddy. me on this uh, this
0: podcast. Uh, what am I doing? I'm out driving around, getting ready to go to the dump. I'm dump man today. Show you my got my big trailer. We my big truck.
2: That is awesome. So Jeff is driving his my own truck today. He's got the, he's got the automatic dump trailer behind him, the, the, the toys that boys like to play with and the, just an example of doing everything. So the, so tell me about, and, and what, what city are you in today?
0: Right now I'm in uh Skagit County right outside of Mount Vernon, Washington. So uh, it's halfway in between Seattle and Canada.
2: Awesome. And Pacific yeah. Northwest up there, beautiful country. And the, I've seen the, the pictures of your place up there. It's like, you've got views forever. We love it. It's God's country up here. Farmlands, people look you in the
0: eye, you know, shake your hands, say hi. It's
2: it's it's like Texas. (laughs) Yeah. Like another, like another version, but, but better views for sure. So tell us, when did you, when did you become a real estate agent? Oh boy. I think I started selling real estate in
0: 2002. I was 22 years old and uh, yeah, grew from there. So what's that? 18 years ago.
2: 18 years so why did you decide to get into real estate so young like at 22 like that i guess that explains why you're crushing it so much but what why were you interested in real estate to start with
0: you know i was in the i was in college i was going to Everett community college and this teacher i think her name was mrs maddie or something like that her name is maddie and is in class called study skills and i didn't know why i was going to college i just knew i had to go for something and like the first day in there she says i don't teach for the money I teach because I love it. If I want to make money, I would sell real estate. And that was kind of a light bulb moment for me because my mom sold real estate, you know, for 10 years prior to that. And so I went home and told my mom that dropping out of college, I'm going to sell real estate. And she did her best to talk me out of it or protect me because she knows how rough the business can be. And, uh, like mothers would do. Right. And so the next day I dropped out of college and got my license and, my full-time, my part-time job of selling real estate, uh, income exceeded my, uh, career of stacking produce at Albertsons. And I had to make that transition and just went all in about two years later, maybe a year and a half later.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So the, so you were doing two jobs at the same time. It was kind of like you had Mm -hmm. a steady income, but then you would also do some deals and get some commissions that way. What was the big moment for you that you just decided like, Hey, I don't need this to like, this isn't a side gig. This is my career.
0: When the income exceeded the money at Albertsons, right? You know, my, um, my mom always told me it's very important to have your benefits and your medical and your dental and, and a pension. And, and so it was for a while there, I thought that was really important. And then I just started seeing my income supersede the income at Albertsons. And I was topped out making like 18 bucks an hour. And back in 2002, that was really good money. But uh, from there, I, I just saw that it was actually costing me money to have a job. And so I had to make that transition. So you so went
2: be, for it. Yeah. So then you, you made the transition over. And then how many, do you remember how many deals you did like your first year or your first couple years?
0: My first year, you know, I, I did like, oh, probably two and the next year, five and then 15 and then on up to about 37 a year on my own before Armageddon happened, right? Yeah, 2008. And then went through that and dropped down about eight deals a year and hired my first coach. And then Bounced up to twenty, and then fifty-five, one hundred five, all the way on up to like two hundred and sixty-three in uh, two thousand thirteen, and then we've just been averaging about a couple hundred a year um, since.
2: Yeah, you know, you talk about Armageddon. So back in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, we had the real estate mm-hmm. crash, right? And yeah. so two thousand five, everybody's doing a ton of deals. Everybody that's in real estate looks like a genius. A lot of our listeners out there, and I think <laughs> a lot of the, a lot of the real estate agents out there right now didn't do real estate during the crash. Like they got into it after that last recovery and saw that. So like, so the, what did, what was that transition like, or or what, what kind of, what, what did you see as a difference? Like 2005, how many deals did you do? And then all of a sudden, when did you realize like, whoa, there's there's a problem, like this huge shift had happened. You know, mm-hmm. For us, it was gradual. We, st- you know, we started to see like it was taking longer and longer and then foreclosures mm-hmm. were happening. We didn't quite, re- you know, we were a home builder at the time. And so we saw like right. sales were dragging on, but we still had sales from nine months ago that were closing. So when did you, what was that like during that time? Was there a moment where you were like, oh crap, it's not working anymore. And most people quit real estate then. and It doesn't sound like you did quit. No, yeah. It's, I remember it vividly. The
0: stock market every day was just dropping 500 points a day. Boom, boom, boom. And not unlike what we're experiencing now, right? And there came a point where it hit about, what, 9,000 or 8,500. And then it's just like that shift happened. And everything just stalled like, the, like when the tide changes in the, uh, in, in the ocean, right? Like nothing was moving, no matter how hard you push. And I, you know, everything just stopped. And that's when I had to get resourceful. Fortunately, I had a home equity line of credit that I can kind of ride that out along with having to short sell my home and get um, strategic to make it through. But it took a little bit to get through that. And then um, I hired my first coach. I learned how to market and then to sell homes to people that didn't know me and position myself as the guy that had the bank owned properties, even though I didn't have uh, a relationship with asset managers. I was able to market myself, free list of bank-owned properties with pictures and maps. I would I would advertise those on Craigslist, and people would reach out to me as the guy with the bank-owned properties, and I'd start selling homes again. And and then I got pretty busy, and we made it through it. But there's there's a year and a half, two years where it was an interesting feeling. I almost I don't want to say helpless, but it was challenging. Prior to my personal development, and they'll come through it a gift in it <laughs> maybe it shouldn't be called arm again maybe it should be called the gift because after making it through that you know i had to short sell my home and and, and negotiate with credit card companies and go through all that stuff and, and lose some things but i realized none of that stuff really mattered the only thing that matters is your relationships with your friends and your family and your wife and your children and this is just stuff and you can rebuild it so a lot of people got burnt and they went somewhere safe to like boeing or uh, working for somebody. And it made me, made me more bold because I'm not afraid of it. I don't nice. want to go back there, but I'm not afraid to
2: lose. Right. Yeah. I don't want to do those resets ever again, but the, <laughs> but, you know, but, but every one of those times we pushed through like the, yeah. you know, we, in 2008, 2009, we were a home builder and then we got put out of business and then we start tried to tried you know, nine or 10 businesses before we discovered that our niche was going to be buying houses on the courthouse steps because we couldn't get those listings and we couldn't get those agents to talk to us. And then back in 2012, 2013, we had to push through and do that again, where we got put out of business. Cause all of a sudden everybody was at the courthouse steps and we had to change our, our brand around and it took some time. But each one of those times mm-hmm. we pushed through, it just helps me know, like it helps us know, like no matter what happens, you have that, like that grit that if something, if something crazy happens, you'll find a solution. You'll find that widget. And, and, uh, and do it like you've survived it. So did you actually have the bank owned listings or the, or no. did you on Craigslist, you just kind of got to say like, Hey, do you, people were interested in bank owned and mm. you, tell me about that a little bit.
0: Well, that was the hot button, right? Bank owned properties because they were selling for 40 cents on the dollar. And so I would just run ads, a free list of bank owned properties with pictures and maps. And then people would sign up on my websites and reach out to me. I'd meet them, you know, get the commitment and i go sell them a home. And usually they wouldn't even buy a bank owned property. They would just go buy something else.
2: Do you still do any of that now? Like, I'll give you like, Hey, get a free list of properties that are on the market and, and capture contacts that way.
0: A little bit. We do just a lot of marketing through our various lead sources through pay-per-click advertising, social media with Y Lobo and commissions, Inc. and stuff like that. I mean, we generate a lot of leads, but um, not as aggressively as, we used to. Yeah. Craigslist kind of changed their algorithm where they started charging you money and and then they changed their HTML so you couldn't manipulate the code and, and and do all that stuff and they found ways to flag you and you used to be able to kind of create a lot of opportunities in Craigslist before and get creative before they got smart.
2: I think that the you know what I got from you just now that I think that people can apply and use today was how resourceful you became because somebody else is the one that had those Yeah. So people could have easily given up and said, Hey, these agents that have all those bank owned listings, they're getting all the action and you figured out Mm -hmm. what's the hot button. What do people want? I'm going to become the expert at that and I'm going to provide a value. And for them, the value was like, I'm going to give you a list of homes with the map. Right. Mm -hmm. And the, and in exchange, they're going to call you back. And, and that became, that became how you got those deals. The, so how many, go ahead.
0: Well, you find out what people want, what their problem is and you figure out a way to solve it. You know, one thing you're talking about is being agile. Right. And, I read this book recently called The Illusion of Money, and it talks about this gal, and there's like Sally 1, Sally 2, and Sally 3, and they each get a million bucks. And Sally 1, she takes her money and spends it on drugs and parties and has a good time. And then Sally 2, she takes her money, and she goes and learns how to invest in real estate and buys rental properties and creates this passive income. And then you got Sally 3 who invests her money into herself, into her mindset, into yoga and getting fit and really really working on, the, on, on this piece right here, your, your most important tool. Black Swan comes. Sally one's screwed. Sally two has all these rentals, but nobody can pay the rentals and those properties are worth less than what she paid for them. And then Sally three, she does all right because she's been working on her, herself and doing the inner work and she's strong and she's fit and, and she makes it through. And that was just a really interesting concept, revisiting or reading that book. Because if you look at it, if you work on yourself and you work, do the inner work and on your physicality and your mentali- mentality, mentality, <laughs> if that that's the word, um, that's good word, we'll you can, mentality, lie. we'll use it. You can get through anything, right? And you can adapt and you can adjust and you can, you can, um, make it through any challenges thrown at you.
2: All right. It's almost like saying don't, don't, in, don't actually invest in assets, invest in yourself. Invest in training yourself and, and doing this stuff maybe, because then you, can, uh, cause then you get through whatever because assets come and go. So that, that's definitely an interesting concept. You are the best asset. You are the number one asset, right? You are the number one asset. Well, let's talk about that for a second. So the, you said you hired your first coach. That changed mm-hmm. everything. You've done all sorts of different coaching programs, masterminds, like the, you tell us about kind of those, which masterminds have you done over the years and the, and what levels are those at? I mean, I remember you telling me crazy stories of those. So
0: masterminds. Yeah. You know, I've coached with Tony Robbins and his platinum partnership coaching. My first coach to help me really learn how to market was Craig Proctor. He was a Dan Kennedy student, you know, done all kinds of coaching, done it all. And even the deep inner work with plant medicine and everything so we've (laughs) went everywhere you can with it so but now it's just really going within the physicality side though uh, I think um, has been a changer big game changer for me with Ironmans and the ultra marathons and stuff like that too so
2: yeah so the first time you and I hung out was the was getting to train for some Ironman stuff for me it was my very first one so I was terrified by the whole thing and I remember as we were walking to go do the first event you were like laughing and giggling and so pumped up and i'm like about to throw up like this is crazy the (laughs) net once i've completed my second one was very different it was like that feeling of yours like no this is fun this is our day Mm -hmm. but the but you've continued to push yourself to a bunch of different levels like when it comes to power of the mind like i'll see you make posts on social media go hey i'm gonna buy this helicopter someday i'm gonna buy Mm -hmm. this someday i'm gonna buy this boat someday and then you make crazy stuff happen and then Mm -hmm. you also go through And you know, at the different levels, you just started working on like you said. You're you're have a 200 miler coming up. The what's what's that evolution been like? And and the and how does you know the goals of completing a 200 miler does that relate to getting the helicopter to getting the other stuff? You think?
0: Well, it's all linked, right? It's all kind of tied in because when you push yourself to do these Ironmans or these hundred milers or 200 milers, you get to elevate your energy, your life, your life force, right? And so as you're able to push yourself a new version of yourself has to be born, right? A stronger, stronger version. And you know, as well as I do, when you do these Ironmans or these, these uh, endurance sports that are over six hours and some, you know, 105 hours, you go in some very dark places when you're there. You've done the work, but you go to some very dark places where you confront some challenges and, and, uh, the demons in your mind, for lack of better words, right? Where it's like, I want to quit. This sucks. Why am I doing this? It, the pain is unbearable to where then you, you, you can fight through it and change your physiology by smiling to, to, to elevate your, uh, your energy and trick your body into feeling better and making sure your energy consumption is good. And, and when you can go through that, right? You can handle anything, right? It's like a rubber band. Once it's stretched, it never goes back to the same size. So when you can stretch yourself and push yourself to have a, a, a voluntarily pain, you know, a, an intentional pain that most people will never experience, where you're just depleted, there's, there's a gift in there because when you come through, it's powerful. You know, it's crazy.
2: Uh, yeah. No, I love what you said there too. Like when you're four hours into the run or six hours into the run or 10 hours in the run and you're dying. And one of the first things you can do is like smile. And like smile and tell yourself like yeah. like I love I love running. I love biking. I love doing yeah. this. And the and just by smiling, it changes your phys- it changes how you breathe. It changes what your heart rate does. It changes, you know, your whole energy level. And that can apply to you know running, ultramarathons. Yeah that can apply yep. to like life's craziness, right? Like the simple part of like forcing yourself to smile and forcing yourself to think positive. It isn't just a, when people are like, Hey, just think positive. Is it, it isn't just a mind thing. Like it does, it makes physical changes to your body when you actually mm-hmm. enforce a smile, force a laugh, do that stuff. Mm. And, and, you know, that was proven to me doing these endurance type stuff, but then it goes yeah. like, Oh yeah. In business that works too. In business, we gotta, we gotta think positive. We gotta do that. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron and Amuchastegui. And as you know, when you've been hearing these episodes, so many of our guests give us lots of free gifts and share the tools they've been using to become successful. We've got free real estate tools, scripts, eBooks, marketing materials, and more. We keep track of everything in our vault and it's updated with new items each and every week. If you want access to that stuff, it's totally free for being a listener. All you have to do is go to success toolbox.com, agentsuccess toolbox.com and get your free gifts now. Thinking back to if you could, you know, tell yourself when it comes to like, I guess it, when it comes to real estate or, or maybe any other sort of advice, to telling yourself if you could go back and, and give your 25 year old self advice or your, or your 22 year old self advice as you started, you just got started into real estate. What would you, what advice would you give yourself the, you know, for when it comes to real estate? I would have bought more homes for sure.
0: You know, I would have, I would have paid attention to that guy in the corner that was going through the newspaper. And looking at all the auctions and going to the auctions and buying properties. That would be probably the one thing, you know, as far as real estate goes, I would definitely bought more homes, real estate sales. You know, I learned how to market, learn how to, to become a better marketer, because I think if you're a good marketer, you can start any business, right? If you know how to generate leads and and connect with people and help them solve their problems, you can start, you can start a business doing anything. That's probably what I would tell myself. And then maybe just to. Grow up faster or be a little more mature. I would. I would party. A lot. I partied a lot, so my wife matured a lot quicker than I did. Probably by ten years, even though yeah, yeah. she's younger than me.
2: <laughs> she was. They, they kept you in line. So the. Well, so as Thank you're God saying that, it's like reminding agents out there. Like when you're an agent, you're going to see a lot of people buying houses and selling right. and selling, you're going to, you're going to meet investors. You're going to meet people and you're kind of saying like, you would have paid more attention to make the people that you were earning a commission from, like maybe you would have paid more attention, like doing what they're doing, learning from them, you know, following the same lessons, that sort of stuff you know, that, that could really help. And then the, you know, so w- one thing was, you know, you talked about mature, the mm-hmm. recently you made a post like, Hey, you had an agent tell you out there that you were like completely unprofessional. Yeah, and the and your response, and I and I thought your response to that was amazing. You know, when I mm-hmm. when I read that, my wife was like, "Hey, you know, you know, check this out. You know, I, I love Jeff. The, you know, when he's out there challenging it, tell yeah. me about that. Tell me about the the, the agent saying you're, you, you know, that uh, what they did and what and what your response was." Yeah,
0: yeah, we just had a disagreement, and, and she just sent me a text that said, "You're so unprofessional." Um, yet in the industry, I feel like I'm the black sheep in the industry, um, in a good way, right? Intentionally, like. I'm just me. I'm authentic. And, you know, here, this is my work outfit today. Jeans, flannel shirt, ball cap. Right. And our team, our company, I mean, we're just different. You know, we, we might, you know, be a little rough around the edges. We climb mountains, we run Ironmans, we, we, we push the limits and we do things different than most companies. We're not your country club polo shirt wearing realtors. Right. And there was a time where I I had a suit and tie and and I'd go around wearing that thing and with my crew and and the minute I could take it off, I would it just wasn't me, it didn't feel right. And, and I feel like this world is starving for authenticity and starving for real people to work with, not somebody that's wearing a mask, pretend to be someone they're not. I feel like there's like a death of the salesman. Like if I think of a salesman, this is just my opinion. You, you see like that guy in 1950, that's leaving his family with, with his briefcase and his suit, walking out the door. Right. And I just get results. Yeah. And when people meet me, like I'm very confident. I figure out what their problem is. And I tell them how we're going to get, get it handled. And I care about people and I'm, I'm just me. I'm authentic. And, and, and I will kick 15 salesmen's ass and volume in deals in a ball cap and a flannel shirt and a pair of jeans.
2: Right. Right. Well, by mean, um, I, I love that. I love that advice really like that advice and that experience of like being authentic is being authentic. Isn't dead. Right. Like you, uh, I tell people like when they're, when they're new, like sometimes people mm-hmm. try to act like they've done a bunch of deals. I'm like, no, if, if this is your second deal, like tell the buyers and the sellers, this is my second deal. You know, and so the, (laughs) so help me out a little bit here or I might not do everything right, but I am so, but it is so important to me, right? Like even Mm -hmm. if it's your first or second deal, just being authentic of who you are in the process, because then you're going to be able to find people that you can serve even better. So like the people that you're serving and you're helping are the people that, that like who you are, they match your personality and you're, you're crushing it as a result.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, we, we, we're just sold to so much. Everybody's always selling us stuff. Right. And, uh, It's just, uh, I feel like people have their guard up, but when they meet somebody that's authentic and really their selves, they're like, oh, wow, a human being. And they can so It's different, (laughs) like my my videos are me in a ball cap. And people reach out and they love it because uh, they just see like a normal person that can actually help
2: them. And when you just
0: give a shit about people, you're never gonna have to worry about business, right? If
2: you care about people. Right, you just connect and they're like, okay. Like I, I see this guy, he's a he's a normal guy. He's telling us, I believe him. He's not, in mm-hmm. you know, the best videos we ever did on Facebook when we were saying, "Hey, I'm gonna buy your, your, your house." We did all these professional ones. We yep. had others where the same thing. It was me in a ball cap walking through a house I had just bought, talking about it, mm-hmm. and going like, "Hey, you know, if you have a house like this, you want to sell me? I'll I'll buy it." And that was the mm-hmm. best performer. I think I even misspelled something in it, and that was our best performer. Out of out of anything else because it was it was more real. It wasn't anything fancy. It was like, no, this is what we do. And if it, if it works for you, so the
0: yeah yeah in our industry that's important because you know it wasn't polished, it wasn't scripted or nothing. In our industry, we gotta get be careful because it's go it's been going down the slippery slope of your scripts, your objection handlers, your NL, net, neural neural programming, like your words you use to to get advantages on people. Like, uh, and I just. I've found going through all that stuff, there's just more power in a real conversation, right? And the energetic exchange, right? Yeah. And take that any day over trying to manipulate someone over some scripts. And so, I don't know, man. I just, I'm kind of going against the grain of what I've been taught in sales the last six or seven years. And it's just connecting with people.
2: Yeah. You know, that's, and that's super important for listeners and agents out there because we do have, we, we try to provide agents with all sorts of tools and we help mm-hmm. them with the scripts and the tactics and, and everybody like provides like a free gift on how to get there. And there's so much of that in there and the, but it's also important to go, there's also other ways. There's also like the script could be like being open, being honest, and again, asking them what problem they have and just seeing if you can solve that problem. And the, you know, and that's something that, that when it comes mm-hmm. to solving people's problems, that's something that you've been super unique yeah. at. Like how many services do you guys offer now when it comes to, you know, when it comes to solving people's problems out there that that are in real estate, like what are all the ancillary services that part of, you know, Latham real estate is.
0: Sure. You know, we're, we're kind of that one-stop shop. Right. And so we found when we had homes for sale, people would need to have uh, work done on their homes. Right. And it's hard to find a contractor that was worth their salt. And so, we started a contracting company, a construction extraction company to handle any problems that come up for work orders. And then we started building homes. So when we meet people, we also start an investment company. We either buy their home, sell their home, buy their home and rent it to them until they find a new home. So then they don't have to worry about buying contingent. We can build them a home. We can remodel or upgrade their home. We can just do it all. We're that one-stop shop, right? And so that's what we do now. We just do it all.
2: Yeah. It's just all touch. So the, and, and like you said, you've got, you've got the construction company, you've got the investment company, the, do you have, do you help people move houses, things like that? Has that, that been anything you've looked into or is there another service yeah. that you're going to try to get yeah. into next?
0: Yeah, I started that and that wasn't a good idea. So don't start the moving company.
2: <laughs> don't start the moving company. What's the biggest problem with that?
0: Dude, you drop one dresser and your profit's gone. Like you, you bang up walls. And it's just, it's not, it's not profitable. You know, you gotta, you gotta look at uh also profitability, you know?
2: Yeah. Wasn't worth the risk. The, uh, so yeah. how many, how many deals have you done in the last year? What's your, what's the average size of the deals you guys do up there? Our Average price points about 380 grand. Last year we did a hundred and
0: hundred and eighty 180 transactions right around 67 million.
2: Wow. How big is your team?
0: Mm, probably about 12 right now.
2: Wow. So the, all of our
0: companies, there's about 25 people, I think.
2: That's a lot of houses for twelve on your real estate team, and you know twenty five between the, the construction company, investment, and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know a lot of those are admin staff as well,
2: right? Yeah. So that's how you grow. If you, if you if someone was going to ask you, how do you what what should be the first ancillary business they grow into, or what should they be thinking about when they grow their business or hire? What advice would you give
0: them? Uh, your first hire should be a rock star assistant. She should be able to you know think for you and ahead of you. And if you have a great assistant, you can do anything as long as you're able to just stay in your strengths, right?
2: All right. You, you stay on the stuff that makes you money. You have an assistant that, that helps you with everything else and they want to help you succeed. Yeah, for sure. What's the, uh, as we, as we get, as we start to wrap up here, you know, kind of the, the last question I want to ask is, is what's next for, for you and Latham real estate? What are you the most excited about, you know, for what's next in your life, career, business, any of that stuff?
0: I'm kind of excited about simplification, right? And I'm, I don't know, like this next season of my life is just simplicity. And I always go back and forth. Like I want to take over the world. And then the other side of me wants to just play all the time. And the side of me that wants to play is really, you know, speaking to my heart. And, and what I mean by that is, I don't need to do as much volume to make the same amount of money, right? Yeah. And so so the the MREA model, I feel there's some there's some fundamental flaws in there that I've seen and and it's it's a high overhead and a high volume machine to make a million dollars net, you gotta do like a hundred million dollars in volume. And I believe you can make a million net off of fifty million in volume if you can have your expenses under control, still produce and you know, run your cost of sales correctly. And so what's next for me, Aaron, is just you know selling my rent, some of my rentals, just getting my house paid for being completely debt free and just having this machine make me, you know, 80 to a hundred grand a month net, right. In a simplistic matter, like just make more, do less and and just be more present and have more time with my family and my children, you know, Yeah. at this stage of my life, right. They're little and they won't be around forever. And that's, that's the most important thing is, Really focusing on that, you know, and that's what's been great about Front Row Dads. Get a little plug to that. You and I are both in there. It really dials back, dials down to what's really important in life, and that's your um, your family, right?
2: Yeah you yeah, know front front row dads is a, is a great it's a great mastermind that jeff and i are both a part of where a bunch of dads get together you know the couple events a year couple days where you know we have all these different masterminds we were going to for real estate and finances and things like that why not go to a, go hang out with a bunch of dads and figure out how can we be better dads like anything you focus on becomes better. And the, you know, and life, I I agree that life kind of has those seasons and those shifts where sometimes it's a growth season and sometimes it's a, we're out of business and we're trying to restart it. Like you talked about those and having those. And it's really awesome that right now you're in a season where you're like, okay, you've had a bunch of success in different things. And so now what's going to be more important is you're like, maybe you're going to actually slow it down with work for the next couple of years. You know, you can always go back to working hard if you want, but while your kids are young, you want to focus on them more, maybe do a couple less houses or a couple less flips or, you know, get it to where, you know, your your horizontal income, you know, covers all of your of your other stuff and so all of your expenses so you can just live life as you want. You can always go back to busy. But yeah. but the but we have very few times in our lives where we can be not busy and cover our bills. And so I think it's cool that you've identified that and seen like hey, you've been building this for you know, eighteen years. Right. You've been building this business for a really long time, putting the things and the pieces in place. And now you're about building up your mind. And you know, you know, you are your most powerful weapon. And then also like your kids are your most, most, most uh, important assets and your wife and your, and your family's your most important asset and being able to grow that, you know, the, I think everyone out there should go f- you know, follow you on social media. Like you and I are good friends. It's awesome that we can chat whenever, but the, but I still love getting to see what you're on there. I think everybody out there should be going to listen if they're in, if they're involved in real estate and just want to see, you know, some of the, the way that you attack life. How do people find you out there? if They want to you know, find you on social or, or, or website or anything like that.
0: Yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty active on Facebook. So just look me up on Facebook and you'll find me. All right, Jeff Latham on the Facebook.
2: Best. Last name is L-A-T-H-A-M. There'll also be some links in the show notes. The, Jeff, I, I had a bunch of fun getting to talk with you and catch up with you about how you've, you've been able to, to build your businesses and those ancillary services. I think all of our listeners are going to love it. So Rockstar Nation, thanks for listening today and the uh, be sure to go subscribe. Thanks. Thank you.